you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. What a powerful presence of the Holy Ghost is in the room tonight. If you're a guest, I don't apologize for what you feel in the house tonight because that's the presence of the Lord that is here. His power has been with us since the very beginning of this service tonight, and without a doubt, there are miracles that have been happening in this room. We are authentically Pentecostal. I don't apologize for my worship, but I may want to take a moment and apologize for the message that I'm about to deliver tonight if you are a guest, because I'm going to deal with a subject that can become very uncomfortable, but I feel that God has set the stage for us tonight because any time that a preacher talks about money, it can become very uncomfortable. And I can assure you that I don't talk about money on a regular basis. However, we have been involved with a vision initiative, and this happens to be the last series of services in which we are going to be giving a sacrificial offering at the conclusion of this message tonight and we'll come forward with that offering now this offering is not for me this is not for for our ministry but it is for the building that you are in tonight and it is for the future and it is to sponsor and support evangelism efforts that I believe God is going to give this church through these evangelism efforts, one of the greatest revivals that we have ever experienced. So if you're a guest tonight, your presence here means the world to us. Please give me another chance. Come back. I'll preach better next time. But for a little bit tonight, I'm going to talk about a subject that is true for everybody in the room. Whether you're saved or not, whether you're young or old, The subject I'm going to talk about tonight is a principle of Scripture that God speaks on and Jesus taught on more than any other subject in Scripture. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. I'll be reading several verses tonight as I am speaking to you, and this is going to be very different for us on a Sunday night. So, church, I ask you to bear with me for a little bit. And when we conclude tonight, I believe God wants to do something very special for us as a church tonight. Luke 6, verse 38. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over 
shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured unto you again. This isn't my theology. This isn't my philosophy. This is the word of God. Give and it shall be given. For a little bit tonight, I just want to talk to you. Before you come to bring your offering tonight, I want you to understand what you are participating in through your giving. And I'm going to talk to you tonight about God's promise to givers. God's promise to givers. Lord, help us tonight to speak what you've laid on my heart. Let our hearts be open to receive the word. God, let it be a transformational moment, Lord, as you speak to hearts tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor before you're seated and tell them you have a promise. You can be seated tonight. God bless you. Stewardship is a heart condition. Stewardship begins with loving, not giving. We can give without loving, but we cannot love without giving. Love asks, how much can I give? Selfishness asks, how little can I give? In the book of Exodus, Moses called on the people to give to build a tabernacle unto the Lord. And they gave so liberally that Moses had to stop them. He had to tell them, stop giving. Don't bring anything else. We have everything that we need. Now what was it that made these people so extravagant and such cheerful givers? I believe it was that they were blown away with the honor of having the privilege to build a physical house for the glory of God. Everything that they had known about God, they had known about Him through the law and the prophets. But now they're building a house and literally in their mind God was moving in next door. Later, God would teach His people the principle of tithes and offerings. Not to give them a standard to live up to, but to put a limiter on their giving. They were such outlandish givers that the Lord said, 10% of what you are giving is a tithe. And he, 10% is not the all in all, but 10% is intended to be the starting point for God's people. Now, you can really tell how apostolic a person is once you begin talking about apostolic giving. If giving, the, the conversation of giving makes someone nervous, most likely there is a lot of other subjects in the Scripture that will also make them nervous. You will quickly discover, discover how apostolic a church is when you see how quickly they respond to a call for apostolic giving. I thank God I'm in an apostolic church. This much I can promise you. If we put God first, everything else will come into order in our lives. The scripture tells us, seek ye first 
the kingdom of God. It is not a suggestion, but it is a commandment. When you seek the kingdom of God first, everything else will be added into your life. If the apostolic church would fall out of love with this world and fall in love with souls, it would blow your mind the kind of revival that would sweep across this nation. I will tell you why some churches are having revival while others are not having revival. It is very simple. They do not have a heart for souls. Matthew chapter 6 verse 21 says, Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. When this church chose over the last two weeks to fund the mission and fund revival for our future, it speaks loudly to me as your pastor. 300 is not our ending point. It is the launching pad for where God wants to take us to. Your heart is about souls. The heart will always follow the treasure. The things that we invest in will become the focus of our thoughts and our emotions. Your treasure doesn't follow your heart, but your heart will always follow your treasure. Wherever you spend your time, you will before long have your heart involved. Where you give your money, before long you will have your heart involved. If your heart is not in the church, chances are there's a lot of other things that are not in the church. Show me a person person who connects financially to building a church. Show me a person that connects with their time in the building of a church. And I will show you a person whose heart is involved in the church building. The Bible tells us that the tithe of everything belongs to the Lord. Some folks say, well, I I tithe from my day job, but my sideline is for me. Leviticus chapter 27 and verse number 30 tells us that a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain or soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord, and it is holy unto the Lord. The first 10% is holy unto the Lord. Everything, everybody say everything. We tithe from everything. It is to be a tithe, the 10%. It is holy unto the Lord. The tithe belongs to God. And if it belongs to God, it is very simple. It does not belong to you. It belongs to Him. Most of you tonight would not dare take money from the offering plate. But why is it? Why is that, some may ask. Well, because probably even the youngest in the room would tell us it's because it's God's money. We wouldn't dare steal God's money. But yet so many people steal the tithe, believing it in their own pocket or in their own bank account. They give a portion and they feel that they are blessed in their life. But can I tell you that you have never truly been open to the blessings of God until you give truly, biblically, the way God declares that we are to give. 
The scripture didn't just say you're stealing when you hold back the tithe, but it says you are stealing from God when you hold back also in your offerings. Prove that to me, Pastor Malachi chapter 3, verse number 8. Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me, but ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? The scripture says in tithes and offerings. Everybody say and offerings. 10% and offerings. God creating give, created giving as a test to of our faith. God doesn't need our money, but God is trying to work selfishness and greed out of our lives. So every time that you and I get paid, God is testing us and he is saying, do you still trust me. Every time that bank account receives your weekly or monthly pay it is a trust that God is saying I'm checking you to see if you still trust me. Tithing is a test of the heart. Everybody say that with me. Tithing is a test of my heart. Tithing is a test of the heart. Tithing is not giving. Some of us think of tithing as giving. Tithing is not giving. Tithing is returning. Offerings is what we give above and beyond our tithing. Tithing is not giving. Tithing is returning back to God what belongs to Him. He gave us 100% to see if we would return the, the, the 10%. If we return the 10%, then God is saying, I then will remove the curse off of the 90%. The Bible speaks of tithes and offerings. Tithe is returning 10% of your income, undesignated and unrestrained. Whether it is of your day job, your weekend job, your inheritance, whatever it is, 10% of everything, of everything. Everybody say of everything. 10% of everything belongs to the Lord. Somebody say, well, I, I'm going to pay my tithes. No, no, you're not. You, 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 but, but I know that somebody has it right when they say, I'm going to return my tithe. I'm not paying. I am returning. Something that is on loan to me, I'm not paying. When I take it back, I am returning. God gives us 100% to see if we will return back. He gave it and he's seeing what if we will return what he has put into our care. It belonged to him all along. God is just, uh, is just uh, checking on me to see if he can trust me with it. Your blessings are not connected to your tithing. I want you to understand this. Your blessings are not connected to your tithing. But through tithing, your integrity with God is revealed. You are returning to him what rightfully belongs to him. So when you return your tithing, when you give that 10% unto the Lord, you are giving back to him what rightfully belongs to him. It is a test of your integrity because nobody's checking up on you. Nobody's watching over your shoulder. You can hold back and say I'm going to put God on commission and I'm going to give him a little portion of what I have because it is more than somebody else gives. That doesn't matter. The Lord said the tithe of everything of the field, of, of, of the house, of everything. The tithe belongs to the Lord. It is the starting point. Offerings on the other hand are revealing the level of your blessing. 
Your offerings reveal the level of your blessing. God will see how much he can place into your care by how well you handle your offerings. Offerings are the seed of your blessing. Your tithe is not the seed of your blessing. The Lord says bring all the tithe into the storehouse. That is the place where your blessings come from. Your tithe shouldn't go anywhere except in your local assembly. It is to come to the storehouse. The scripture is then teaching that your blessing is the seed. Your, your, Your offering is the seed of your blessing. If you sow a seed sparingly, then you will reap of the sparing seed and your blessing will return to you sparingly. If we understood that God really owned it all, it wouldn't challenge us quite so much. It would put this offering we're about to receive tonight in a brand new perspective because God is literally in control of everything. Your very next breath, God is in control of it. Your family, God is in control of it. The Lord could just say, move, just stop that heart for just about 25 minutes and it could bring an end to your life. He could withhold the next breath. God is in charge of everything. When I got a revelation of that, I understood. Annette, you and I don't own anything. Even the house we live in is just on loan because I can't take it with me. When I'm gone, I'm gone. It may bless my kids, but I'm going to tell you what will bless my kids more than anything for me to teach them to return to God what belongs to Him and to give sacrificially. That is better than what I could ever give to them. Because the blessings of the Lord in their house will bless their home, bless their marriage, bless them in their coming in, and bless them in their going out. It will bless them spiritually, physically, and financially. You don't need my blessing, but you need the blessing of the Lord. God owns it all. God set an amount on tithe, 10%. Return this or you're a thief. But in offerings, he is discovering three things. One, he's discovering how thankful you are for the 90%. Number two, he's discovering how much you really trust him with what you're giving. Can I sow this seed in this season and know that in due season I will reap? Because I sowed. The third thing that God is discovering from us is what level do you trust his word? Because God is bound to his word. And I'm here to tell you, you will never outgive God. His word declares you will never outgive him. We give because it all belongs to him anyway. Give, the scripture says, and it shall be given unto you. I feel like I'm pulling a little weight with me in this message tonight. I need somebody, some givers in the house to pray with me while I'm preaching tonight because the devil doesn't want me to preach this because what I'm preaching tonight could open the door to to, to financial blessing in your life, to health in some of your lives, to marital bliss in some of you. What I'm preaching tonight could open the door. 
devil doesn't want me preaching it because he wants you held down. He wants you coveting your neighbor's things. He wants you hoarding every little dollar you have. But I'm telling you tonight, if you'll sow it in the kingdom of God, the blessings of God will be poured out in every way in your life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things will be added. His word, not mine. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. Money, you got to understand this, money Money is cursed. I meant to bring my wallet with me tonight. I meant to bring. I, I, meant, I, I meant to come with my with my wallet in hand, and I came up here tonight with no wallet, so I I, I don't have I don't have the ability to to even uh, to even do what I want to do tonight. Is there any money in that wallet? There's ten dollars in that wallet. It may not be. Would you give me this ten dollars out of here tonight? I'd have that ten dollars. Where's that ten dollars at? That's that's my ten dollars anyway. What are you doing? Lord, everybody say the love of money. The love of money is the root of all evil. Not money, the love of money. I've heard people say money is not evil, and that's true, but money is cursed. The Bible says money is cursed, it has a curse on it. So money's cursed, all money's cursed. But your tithe breaks the curse and redeems the rest. When you give 10%, it breaks the curse. Where's Spencer at? There you are. Spencer and I have been talking a little bit today. All money's cursed. The human race is cursed. We all should have died. But Jesus Christ became the ultimate sacrifice. He became our tithe. He broke the curse. So you and I can live free. Your money is cursed. But the 10% that you return unto the Lord as a tithe redeems the other 90%. Offerings release the blessings of God over the redeemed money and will cause God to open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. I want you to put Malachi chapter 3, verse 11 on the screen, Brother Mike. Here's what the Lord said. I will, read it out loud with me now, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith, not your pastor, not your financial advisor, when the Lord rebukes the devourer for your sake, he will not allow the devourer to destroy the fruit of your ground, nor will he allow your vine to cast forth its fruits too early, saith, the Lord of hosts. Your tithe has the promises of God attached to it. 
The scripture said he would rebuke. Everybody say that word, rebuke. He would rebuke. That word rebuke means to cause to wither. I've met a few people I want to rebuke. Just be gone. The word rebuke means to cause to wither. God says, I will cause the devourer to wither. I want you to get this. you got to get this in, this in this text. It's going to make a lot of sense to you tonight. I will rebuke or I will cause the devourer to wither. And he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground. In other words, your harvest will come forth from your sowing. You return the tithe. Your harvest then will come forth by your sacrificial giving. Anybody with me tonight? Have I lost anybody tonight? Are you with me? The scripture is putting it in gardening terms. What he is saying here is I will cause the devourer to wither. Thus his seed shall wither within him. Here's what I'm trying to say. The devourer's seed will never benefit you. The, the devourer will sow things into your life to destroy you. He'll try to destroy your marriage, your home, your health, your, your mind. He always wants to destroy you. He'll put things on you. But the Lord said, I'll take off of you what, they, what, the, what the devourer is putting on you. So every spiritual battle that you are under, the Lord says it is somehow connected to one thing. If you're, if you're struggling with spiritual battles, I would take a look at something. I will. The Lord said, I will. I will. Rebuke the devourer for you. You don't have to do it for yourself. You don't have to go around rebuking the devourer. Your tithing rebukes the devourer so that then everything you touch is blessed of the Lord. The devourer's working against you. He plants things to destroy you. He is not for you. He plans for things to grow up and choke out your harvest. He's trying to spoil the fruit from your ground, from the ground. He's trying to cause things to come and, and, and all the fruit to fall off the vine too early. But the Lord said, not only will I rebuke the devourer and not only will I keep him from choking out what you, what you are trying to do, I will also get in control of the timing of your life. And when you think it needs to Go this way, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. In other words, when I put my finances in the hands of the Lord, he's in control of the timing of my life and the seasons of my life and we're saying I'm ready and the Lord's saying hold on. You are a tither and you are a giver and I'm in control of the season and when the season is right, it's going to to benefit you in every way. And then God said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Now God says, I will cause the devourer to wither so that your harvest can flourish, so your seed can flourish. But the devourer and his seed is going to wither. So we ought to thank God for every time that we deal with thorns and thistles and, and all this sort of thing in, 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 the, in the garden of a giver because we, we can rest assured one thing. You don't have to call the local lawn maintenance guy to come take care of the thorns and the thistles. All you have to do is just stay committed to God and be 
be faithful because he's working everything for your good. If you're a giver, you have signed up for the best harvest insurance that you could ever sign up for. It's the best insurance policy that you could ever have. That's why you ought to be a giver, not only a tither, but also a giver because you are signing up for the blessings of God. He says, when I see you tithe, I'm now on alert and I will take care. I will be your herbicide treatment. I will be the enemy destroyer. I will break the bondage and the yoke and everything that is coming against you. You should be able to speak to every devil and every seed of the devil. But here's the thing when it comes to your finances. You need to stop saying, I, devil, I rebuke you off my finances. Because that's not what the scripture said. The Lord said, he would. Are you getting what I'm preaching to you tonight? The Lord said he would rebuke the devourer for your sake. In other words, you never have to say, devil, I rebuke you. I rebuke you. No, no, no. You say, devil, the Lord rebuke you. There's only one other time in the Bible that the Lord is rebuking, and that's dealing with the highest level of spiritual warfare. <laughs> when, he's dealing, when he's dealing with the highest level, Brother Duggar, of spiritual warfare, the Lord rebukes, and the, Lord's, the Lord comes on, and the Lord does the rebuking. There's only one other place besides that that the Lord said, I will rebuke, and it is regarding your finances when you are a giver. The finances of a giver are blessed of the Lord. Every time you come in a job situation, you need to say, the Lord rebuke you. Because the Lord will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. I'm so glad my dad was here. This was not planned, I promise. But I'm so glad my dad is here. My dad has been a giver my whole life. I, I don't think we're going to get anything at all when he passes away because he spent every bit of it. And what he didn't spend... He's given away. I've watched my dad give away probably more than he has made throughout his lifetime. Dad has been a giver. He has pastored five different churches. He has been a giver. He has built buildings. He has financed churches and ministries. He's been a giver. And we kids were raised to be givers. My dad taught me as a child to be a giver. I remember dad paying me to do a chore around the house and then teaching me how to take of the chore money and to give back in a tithe. It was a principle. I never remember not giving my tithe. I remember cashing dollar bills in to get dimes so that I could give the 10% back to the Lord and then another 10% that I would give as the offering. I, I, I learned the principle of tithing and offerings. I, I've watched my dad when he was in financial messes and in all sorts of dilemmas and not knowing what he would do. My dad always had a principle that he would say, I'm going to give myself out of it. I picked that up from you, Dad. I picked it up from you. My wife and kids have heard it more than one time when we didn't know what we were going to do. I huddled the family together and said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to tighten the belt because we're going to give our, our way out of this. You know why? Because when you start giving, the Lord starts rebuking the devourer. I 
I've seen my dad be where he didn't know what to do and he could be up here and preach this message much better than I could tonight when he talks about giving but he's been down to his last dollar I've shared stories with you when he put his last five dollars in the offering and didn't know what he was going to do to have gas money to be able to get home and on the way home a little lady that was riding with him hands him a five dollar bill back and returns it he left and went to church one night not knowing where how he was going to feed his family and he gave everything he had and he was unemployed and he returned back to the house and the door was still locked but sitting on the table was a bill of groceries that all all that he could think of was that an angel of the Lord delivered I know it sounds like I'm just hyping somebody up tonight, but I'm telling you, he's 85 years old. Like David said, I once was young and now I'm old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his seed begging bread. It's not me rebuking. The Lord says he would rebuke. Because of your faithfulness, because you have been planting good seed, the Lord said, I will, I will, not you will, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Your good seed causes God to fight for you. Here's what I'm going to tell you tonight. Some of you are coming tonight and you're giving truly sacrificially. You've come. You had a plan of what you were going to give. In the last few days, you've gone back and said, no, I'm going to do more. Some felt like they couldn't participate last Sunday. And this week, they've stepped up and said, I, I can't afford not to. I can't afford all the way down to just before service. People were saying, Pastor, i got to get on board. Pastor, I want to be part of this because they truly understand. But faith is a little tight. I hope faith soars through the roof tonight because there's some people that's coming to tonight and giving sacrificially and when they give sacrificially there is no telling what God is going to do in their future. Some of you know this story and some of you don't. I'm going to save it for a few moments. I'll get back there. I was going to close but I want to preach a little longer. The Levitical sacrificial system had five separate distinct offerings that could be made unto the Lord. There was the burnt offering, there was the meat offering, there was the peace offering, there was the sin offering, and there was the trespass offering. The burnt offering and the meat offering, the peace offering, the sin offering, and the trespass offering. And then there were specific ways of giving each of these offerings that are mentioned under Mosaic law, these specific ways of giving include drink offerings and heave offerings and wave offerings and thank offerings. However, these offerings are usually and not always uh, the, 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 the five different offerings are given in, in a multitude of ways and some of it can be difficult to, to sort through. The wave offering was how that the tithe was brought in. I, I never understood it. I've seen people, I've, I've seen churches that march tonight. We're going to march and we're, we're going to come tonight. We're going to bring our, our giving and we're going to come. We're going to give tonight. You're going to march forward and give here in just a little while. 
I've seen people come and they had a revelation that I had to get in scripture to understand. They come and they were offering as a wave offering. The, the, the wave offering was how the tithe was brought in. By waving it before the Lord, it signified that it was to be used by the priest. The tithe was to be used by the priest. And the priest also paid tithe to the high priest. And, 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 and this is how it worked. Everybody had to pay tithe. Everybody returned the tithe unto the Lord, but it came the wave offering. They brought when they came waving, they knew that this was the tithe. And then there was the heave offering. The heave offering was not to be used by the priests, but it was to be used for the tabernacle in the temple. Now remember, it was gardening and farming days, and they came and they brought bushels and they brought things. And when they came, they didn't just come carrying it in, cradling it, but they would come and they would heave it. They would come and they would they would heave it. They would, they would throw it up before the Lord. They would lift it up before the Lord and they would bring it back down. Jesus, of course, is a type of the heave offering. Man took him down, but God raised him up again. He said, destroy this temple. And in three days, I will raise it up again. Jesus was the heave offering. He, he was raised up on the cross and then he was taken down into the grave. He, he preached in the heart of the earth and then he resurrected on the third day. He was seen of men in the city and then he was received up into glory. But he said, if I go away, I will come again. He was the heave offering. Jesus Christ became the heave offering. Jesus was offered as a sin offering and a trespass offering. He was offered as a heave offering because he was not relegated to the distribution of a priest. In other words, my God doesn't need anybody saying, I will forgive you. You can go straight to him. He was the heave offering. You can talk to him for yourself. You don't have to find out if somebody will absolve you or forgive you, you go straight to him. He was. And this is what we've come to do tonight. We've come to bring our heave offering unto the Lord. And it represents our love for the Lord. Just as man would not come to the temple without bringing an offering, we come tonight and we're going to bring our offering. But I want, before I close tonight, I want to share with you, some of you have heard the story, some of you know the story, and perhaps I should have asked specific permission tonight, but they love me and I know they'll forgive me if it is a problem with them tonight. Taryn, I want you to run up here by me tonight and I want you to stand by me while I close this service tonight. Come on, run up here, boy. You'd run like you're running for a ball somewhere. Run up here. I, I, I want to tell you a story about Brother Jason and Sister Desa. When we first entered into our very first capital stewardship campaign several years ago, they were serving as our youth pastors. They have been faithful unto the Lord. They, they had served God and, and and been faithful and both of them were dealing with severe physical conditions in their body. They, they wanted a child. You know the story? They, they wanted a child, but they couldn't have one. And, and, and they had tried, but, but they couldn't have a child. We had prayed over them, and they, they wanted a child. So they came and talked to me, and they didn't want the church to know, and they didn't want family to know. But they had decided that they were going to move forward with an adoption. And, and, and in the process, they began to save funds toward an adoption. And then just as they get started saving funds for an adoption, 
adoption. They, 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 we now enter into a capital stewardship campaign. And so uh, we, we, uh, in, during that time of sacrificial giving, I said to the church, you do whatever God tells you to do. And so we went through the capital stewardship campaign and on the night like tonight that we were giving and bringing our sacrificial offering, Brother Jason and Sister Desa came forward that night with their offering and it was in the form of a check and they, they brought that check forward and I noticed them they were on my right side when they came forward I remember it like it was yesterday and they walked to the front of the church and they were they were heaving but I don't mean this kind of heaving they were weeping and it was bitter tears and and, and it wasn't joyful uh, 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 tears but they were they were giving their all they were sacrificing and at the I saw them I prayed over them and they went back to their seat at the conclusion of service pastor Danny came to me and he he said, did you hear what Brother Jason uh, said to me tonight at the end of service? He, he was breaking in, into tears himself telling me. And he said, he, Brother Jason told me that he knew how Abraham must have felt when he sacrificed his son. And I looked at him in, a, in, a, in horror and panic. And he said they, they, they felt to give the money that they were saving for their adoption. And they gave that money uh, and, and brought it as a cash offering and oh my, my, my heart's sake. I, being the wise pastor that I am, I thought, well, uh, I know what I'm going to do. Sister Cheryl, I want you to find their envelope and I want you to find that check and I want you to give it to me and I took it and I slid it into my shirt pocket and that night after we had left the restaurant, I went over to Brother Jason and Sister Dace's home and I walked up to the door and that was a rarity. They knew something was wrong and I knocked on their door and they both came and I stepped in and some reason I think that they must have known why that I was there. I walked in and I I said, Brother, Brother Danny shared with me what you, Jason, had shared with him. But being this wise pastor that I was, I had a biblical example for them. And I said, but the Lord didn't require Abraham to sacrifice his son. He, he did it another way. And I reached in and I pulled that check out. And I said, I want you to take this check. You gave it, but I want you to take this check and I want you to put it back in your account. And I want you to, 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 to continue saving because I want you to go forward with that adoption. Brother Jason grabbed my hand, my arm, and I, I remember the firmness of his grip upon my right arm. And he pushed my right arm back toward my chest and started just forcing that check back into my pocket. And he looked at me and he began to weep. And Sister Desa was crying and he said, Pastor, don't steal my miracle from me. I didn't know what to do. I received the offering and I said, we're going to pray that God's going to give you a miracle. I went home. I got in my car. I was beating my steering wheel on the way home. I said, God, what do I do now? I'm up the creek. I'm in trouble. Lord, they, they think that you're going to give them a child. I went home, I went in, I told my wife, I said, I don't know what to do. I, 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 I tried to give them the check back and they, they said, God's going to give them a miracle child. And, and Lord, I feel like that I'm, that I'm put out. I feel like my neck is on the line. If they don't get a child, I don't know. we got to start fasting and praying until she gets pregnant. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I, I and mean, my wife looked at me and she said, for real, 
Are you kidding me? If the Lord told them to give it, the Lord's going to give them a child. You need to start believing it and thanking God for it. I don't know exactly how many months, but it was somewhere in the neighborhood of about of about six months or so that Brother Jason and Sister Dasa come walking into my office and they looked at me and they said, She's pregnant. That wasn't a miracle because of me. That was a miracle because the Lord said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. I will do for you what you can't do. About a year later, they walked back into my office. We're pregnant again. About another year or so passed, they came back into my office again, and Brother Jason said, I want my money back. I may be a little silly sharing the story with you. Thank you, buddy. You're a miracle. If you ever want to see a real live miracle, there is a real live miracle. But God did it for them. I dare you tonight to bring your offering. And when you come bringing your offering, I want you to begin to speak to everything that has been holding your life captive, to your marriage, to your home, to your finances. I want you to come forward tonight saying, the Lord rebuke you. The Lord, you need to call it by name. The Lord rebuke you. Sickness, the Lord rebuke you. Marital problems, the Lord rebuke you. Depression, the Lord rebuke you health that is trying to bring the Lord rebuke you financial dilemma the Lord rebuke you I dare somebody tonight to take that offering that you came prepared to give and to come forward tonight declaring in Jesus name devil take your hands off of me the Lord rebuke you the Lord has a blessing the Lord has a promise for my future the Lord is going to do for me what I could never do for myself Come on, declare it tonight. Don't just come forward giving, but come forth declaring tonight. I want you to bring it as a sacrifice unto the Lord. Bring it as your offering unto the Lord tonight declaring. God's going to rebuke the devourer for my sake. Come on, lift your voice as you're giving tonight. Declare it in Jesus' name. Lift your voice as you declare it tonight. Addiction be broken right now by the power that is in the name of Jesus. Oh, y'all are my You've been faithful, he'll be faithful. You've been faithful, he'll be faithful to you. Come on, declare it in Jesus' name. Declare it in Jesus' name. Declare it in Jesus' name. 
Come on, family members, hook up with your, link up with your family members. Husband, link up with your wife. Spouse, we link up with your husband or your, your wife tonight. Children, find your parents tonight. Let's link up together. Our household is going to be blessed. We're going to be blessed in our coming in and in our going out. We're going to be blessed. Our future is going to be blessed. We, our future is going to be blessed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Believe in you. You're the God of miracle. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of God sees your sacrifice. He sees your tears. He sees the pain. He knows where you are. Some of you came tonight maybe feeling like, I don't know. I don't know. We didn't have much to give. We didn't have much to bring. You did what you could. It's not about the, it's not about the amount. It's about the sacrifice. It's about the heart of the matter. It's about the heart of the matter. Come on, lift your hands all over the room. Commit it to the Lord. Commit it to the Lord. Commit it to the Lord. Every yoke is being broken tonight because this is an anointed offering. And the scripture declares that the anointing will break the yoke. There's some of you that have been bound in your life. You have been bound by addiction. You have been bound by all sorts of things that have been holding you captive. You have been bound by it. But tonight, I believe God is going to break the yoke that is on you, that has been holding you tonight. It is broke because of the, the Lord declares it tonight through your giving. Come on, somebody lift up your hands toward the Lord right now and begin to shout unto the Lord. Lift up your voice unto the Lord tonight. Come on, lift up your voice to Him right now. Lift up your voice to Him right now. Lift up your voice to him right now. In the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Impossible for you. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Come on, sing it with hands lifted to the Lord. 
Somebody sing that, say, nothing. 